This episode of Dear Hank and John is brought to you by Blue Land. Did you know that uh, about 5 billion, billion? That's a de- I checked that because that's a lot. Plastic hand soap and cleaning bottles are thrown away every year. And if that's not bad enough, most cleaning formulas are 90% water, which is heavy. We're shipping around all this water using fuel when we don't have to. Every year, Americans throw away 25% more trash from Thanksgiving to New Year. This year, maybe turn the New Year's resolution into action that makes a difference by switching to Blue Land. Blue Land is on a mission to eliminate single-use plastic by reinventing cleaning essentials to be better for you and the planet with the same powerful clean you're used to. It's a simple idea. They have refillable cleaning products. They have a nice design. I have them in my home. It looks nice on your counter. You fill the reusable bottles with water, drop in the Blue Land tablets, wait for them to dissolve, and you never have to grab bulky, heavy cleaning supplies on your grocery run ever again. And refills, because they're small and you don't have to ship a bunch of water across the country, starts at just $2.25. You can even set up a subscription or buy in bulk for additional savings. From cleaning sprays to hand soap, toilet bowl cleaner, and laundry tablets, Laundry tablets, everybody, you know what I mean. All Blue Land products are made with clean ingredients that you can feel good about. Blue Land is trusted in over a million homes, including, yeah, mine. Blue Land has a special offer for listeners right now. You can get 15% off your first order by going to blueland.com slash dearhank. You won't want to miss it. Blueland.com slash dearhank for 15% off. Again, blueland.com slash dearhank to get 15% off. Welcome to Dear Hank and John. In other words, I prefer to think of it Dear John and Hank. It's a podcast where two brothers answer your questions, give you dubious advice, and bring you all the week's news from both Mars and AFC Wimbledon. John. Yeah. I'm feeling okay, but my teeth really hurt. Mm hmm. They hurt. Can you ask me why my teeth hurt? Oh, I'm sorry. Why do you? Why do your teeth hurt? I was confused. Why? You, why? Why you're both feeling okay and your teeth hurt? That's a sentence that could only be spoken by somebody who whose teeth do not hurt. Because when when you are in extreme dental pain, one thing you are not is okay. All right. But I'm sorry. Go on. You just he couldn't process the sentence. I couldn't. It my, made no sense to me. I've my, I've had dental pain. My teeth hurt because I've been. I've been chewing on coins because I want to leave a little tooth mark on every single Crash Course coin, John. Um, is that a joke or Not is yet. that just an You're going to have to keep asking questions. Oh, why do you want to do whatever that is? Because I heard that Bitcoins are very valuable. <laughs> That's a good joke. <laughs> you really didn't play along, though. You made it actually pretty, pretty hard for me. I actually think that it's a better joke because we drew it out. So you're welcome. <laughs> Hank mentioned that because right now the Crash Course Coin is available uh, for only two weeks at CrashCourseCoin.com. This is a really important part of how we fund Crash Course uh, each year. And this year, the Crash Course Coin, Hank, is exceptionally beautiful. It features a design from the Lascaux cave paintings that, like, take us back to those very early days of human curiosity and wonder and art making. The coin is so cool. You can check it out at CrashCourseCoin.com. Thus ends the promo portion of the program. I And if you get one that has a little tooth mark on it, that's extra special one. That's, that's, that's special. gross. That's super <laughs> gross. But it is a Bitcoin. And I believe... I believe yeah. that that token is not fungible. <laughs> Correct me uh, if I'm wrong. Yeah, well, the, crash, the $500 crash course deep, coins, weirdly yeah. enough, are numbered with individual numbers, which makes them technically non-fungible and that they are not all identical to each other. But the difference between most non-fungible tokens and these crash course coin non-fungible tokens mm-hmm. is that the coins are physical yes. and also do good in the world. <laughs> you said it, not me. <laughs> Um, (laughs) Yeah. All right. Hank, so my phone died three days ago while I was talking to my psychiatrist. Uh, That's what happened. 
I'm not sure that it was my psychiatrist, but all at once my battery went from like 60% down to 4% and then to 0%. And then Mm. uh, it could not be recovered and has been been declared DOA by the hardworking folks in Apple Repair. And this means that for the last three days, I've had no phone, no TikTok, no GPS. I had to drive from Cincinnati to Indianapolis, Hank, like... It was the Oregon just, Trail. Like it was the 18th the map century. Maps. I, I had, <laughs> all I had was the little little GPS dot on my on my uh, car's screen telling me whether I was going west or north or south or east. Thank God I had that. And I eventually made it to Indianapolis. It was not the easiest journey of my life. But I there was a moment, Hank, where I was really lost in a, a small town in Indiana trying to figure out which way to Indianapolis. There was a moment when I was really lost and it was starting to get dark. Mm-hmm. And I did feel a little bit like, you know, maybe maybe this is it. Maybe I just set up camp here. Maybe I declare this the new Zion. And um, <laughs> f- find Where, a, can, can I hunt a cow? Find How am a I going to have dinner tonight? <laughs> find a source of fresh water and stake my stake my claim to my to the glorious future. I ha- not having a phone is uh, a reminder that mm-hmm. this all this talk about in the future humans will be cyborgs in the present humans are cyborgs yeah very reliant almost physiologically reliant i mean in some ways definitely physiologically reliant for example yeah. as we talk about it i do like it is triggering a response in me that wants to go and check and see something on it yeah i don't know well, what the phone is great at making you pick it up and check to yeah. see just yes. see how it's doing. I can't tell yeah. you how many times over the last three days I've pulled my dead phone out of my pocket and clicked the on button as if something will happen. <laughs> <laughs> Why is it in your pocket? Oh, it's also my wallet. Oh, yes. I also have that situation going. <laughs> I <laughs> I got to go. Also, I got to go to Paris tomorrow for reasons yeah. that will be discussed at the end of the podcast. Mm-hmm. And... um I mean, I'm a pretty, I'm a pretty adventurous explorer, I guess. Mm-hmm. But like, mm-hmm. showing up in Paris with basically no warning and no phone is is gonna wow, be, yeah, it's challenging. It's challenging. Are you gonna bring to some me. travelers checks? <laughs> Just, <laughs> that's a great question. I hadn't even, I hadn't even thought of that whole angle. About I think money. I think probably you'll be able to use your credit card still, but I do I do, I do sometimes think about how we we existed right at the end of an era for a yeah. little bit where yeah. where you would go to AAA you'd walk in there and you'd be like hey yeah. I'm gonna go to I'm gonna go to Milwaukee can you tell me uh, about the construction that might be on the way right and how to get there because right. otherwise like you could also just get an atlas. A and large they would print book out a map you keep for in your you. car, and then it would be wet yeah. and gross and yeah. dirty yeah. because it's a car. But AAA would make you a triptych. They would. Where yes, the triptych. It was sort of a it was sort of a custom made spiral bound book, and mm-hmm. you would just go page by page of your directions. Yeah. It was great. I loved a triptych. I bet they still do them for the over eighties. It's a great. It's a great word. It's a great brand. Yeah, kind of, kind of a shame that we don't need them anymore. <laughs> well, I, I'll tell you what, I needed one last night trying to get home to Indianapolis. But here I'm glad I am. You made it. I'm glad I've you made it. it. Hopefully, during the recording of this podcast, my doorbell will ring and it will be someone bringing me a phone. <laughs> That's great. Uh, well, John, you have missed about 400 TikToks that would have been like the viral moment of the month in 2011. So <laughs> that we would still be talking about them yeah. and quoting them now if, yeah. if only they had been released in 2011. It turns out that in the future, everyone will be world famous for 1.5 nanoseconds. <laughs> yeah, Andy Warhol got it so wrong. Yeah. 15 minutes? <laughs> oh, An eternity. <laughs> Maybe if you're Kim Kardashian. Yeah. What? What is this? A YouTube video? <laughs> 
All right, Hank, let's answer some questions from our listeners, beginning with this critically important question from Caleb, who writes, Dear John and Hank, how do we know what happens when you get sucked into a black hole? Like, I realize that Mm. we don't know, know, but where do the theories come from? Because I've heard things about being stretched into spaghetti or time stopping, so I'm not sure what to believe. Plus, I just watched Interstellar, so that's confusing, even if it's not based in fact. (laughs) Please help me understand this very important aspect of everyday life. Planets are real, Caleb. Planets? Planets are real. Planets. Black I... hole planets? Oh. They are real. There are black hole planets. Planets that go around black holes? Mm. It's true. It happens. Why? Are those do those planets have to make their own light like like deep sea fish do? What? Oh, one time <laughs> you said the most beautiful thing to me. Oh, what was it? Which one? And I think about it all the time. It almost moved me to tears. And then you just, I, you said, which one? As if, like, you just, <laughs> I, you I, just I, roll look, out bangers anytime you want. Yeah, that's that's why people listen to us, John. I say beautiful, thoughtful things, and you make goofy science jokes. Oh, right. I got confused. <laughs> you said, you were like, if uh, a planet escapes the gravity of its sun, it just kind of like hurls off into uh, space infinitely. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I said, that seems like it would be a real problem for life. And you said, yeah, it would be. There wouldn't be any light. And then you paused and said, unless the life on that planet figured out how to make their own light. And I thought that was so beautiful. It was a reminder that we actually can make our own light. Like it's not mostly us. What, it's mostly what we do. In particular, well, I guess we can make our own light. And it's lovely. The fact that there are creatures on this earth that can make their own light is a source of tremendous hope for me. Yeah. But anyway, that's not what the question is about. What happens when I get sucked into a black hole, Hank? Well, I don't know. You could read about it, but but how do we know what happens when you get sucked into a black hole? Obviously, no one's ever done it, um, so it's all math. But we have a pretty good idea of how the universe works at the edge of a black hole and sort of like entering into the black hole. And then, once you're in the black hole, that's where we don't have a good idea of how the universe works. And... In 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 there, in sort of the sort of what they call the singularity, which is where all that mass is Great crunched phrase. down into a, a very small space. That's uh, the the science word for ah. Mm-hmm. And we and it's very weird. Uh, and so it just sort of physics breaks, and we don't know and can never know what it's like in there, which is pretty pretty cool, but maybe uh, a little bit of a bummer because we're used to the idea that we're gonna know things. And right. I feel like in general, we know so much now. People ask questions and they expect it to be answers. But oftentimes, and in fact, maybe if you, if you know, depending on the kinds of questions you're asking, it's always and eh, not probably maybe this, but not totally sure. I I mean so 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 correct me if I'm wrong here, Hank, but one of the reasons we are so interested in black holes is the same reason we're interested in other sort of weird, surprising parts of the universe or facets of the universe, which Mm -hmm. is that the rules of physics don't work as well in these edge cases as they work for most of us most of the time. Yeah, we love an edge case, for sure. And so the edge cases help us to understand, like, well, what are we not understanding about the rules? The edge cases are sort of like wh- where there is space left to learn, and also they are they are opportunities for greater inquisition and sort of finding out. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. So, so if that's if that's working that way, then maybe we got something wrong. Mm-hmm. And uh, but we we know a tremendous amount, and almost all of this stuff we learned in the last hundred or hundred and fifty years. Like it was not long ago that we didn't know that there were other galaxies. You know. Yeah. That's that's relatively recent. Yeah, for a long time, there was a huge debate, right? Like whether or not those smudges in the sky were gas clouds or galaxies. Yeah, right. And and like we can barely see any of them with the naked eye. And so you had to sort of like wait, wait for telescopes before you could even see mm-hmm. the smudges, let alone mm-hmm. like try and identify what they were. That is another weird thing about building knowledge is that it is 
so contingent upon building technology, but sometimes we don't know which technologies to build because we don't know what kind of knowledge we actually are seeking. Yeah. It's part of what makes the James Webb Space Telescope so exciting is that we have a pretty good idea that looking at this kind of light will Mm -hmm. help us understand something we really want to understand about the Mm -hmm. beginning of the universe. Yeah. Yeah. And and previous telescopes that have gone up to study stuff have have done a lot of both confirming our ideas and requiring that we rethink stuff. So that's definitely going to happen, and I'm very excited for it. Uh, But basically, when you hear about what happens when you go into a black hole, it's basically physicists and science communicators saying, uh, here is an equation. How do I tell a story about that? Mm. That will be interesting to people, and mm. uh, and so that's that's basically what's happening, and I think that that is uh, of worthwhile pursuit for sure. Great. There's really only two things, John. Yeah. There's math, and there's stories. That's it. That's all, that's everything. Yeah, but the weird thing is that math is a kind of story, and story is a kind of math. John, this next question comes from Catherine, who asks, "Dear Hank and John." I have a summer job in my suburb of Montreal where I drive around town to do maintenance on baseball fields. That's interesting. I bet it requires a GPS. The thing is that I have to do this with uh, with an assigned partner, and I got paired with a man that's about your age. I'm a 24-year-old girl. Uh, how do I make these nine-hour shifts less awkward? I'm pretty sure that asking him how his kids are doing is just going to get old quickly. Un deux, trois, Catherine. Hmm. You are right. Now, we don't know anything about this man except that he's about our age, John. Yeah. And apparently he has children. What band Mm -hmm. can Catherine listen to that is is just going to astound a 41-year-old with the knowledge that Mm. Catherine contains? It's got to have. It's got to be a deep cut, right? Like it can't be Nirvana's Nevermind. No, right, 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 right. Exactly. Every forty-one-year-old knows that the kids these days listen to Nirvana. It's got to be vastly deeper than that. Yeah, you have to. You have to. Uh, you have to just be like under your breath, singing all of Three Elevens. Don't let me down. Or alternately, what if you're singing Three Elevens? Don't let me down but you're also singing Michael Bolton, but you're also at the same <laughs> this is, time. I mean, this is tricky because we don't know enough about this guy. It could be like Alan Jackson's Chattahoochee. That's he what probably, I'm saying. He might really no, love that. I, no, Hank, that is exactly the idea. Mm-hmm. You develop such a breadth of knowledge about popular music in yeah. 1993 that you astonish this person not only by knowing 311 and Alan Jackson's Way Down Yonder on the Chattahoochee, but mm-hmm. also, you know Montel Jordan's This Is How We Do It. You are <laughs> able to, like, sing every single hit from 1993. You're yeah. like, oh, I also happen to know Celine Dion, like all good Canadians. And oh, in the middle of the night, is that a Celine Dion song? No, it's it's the Billy Joel song, River of Dreams. It was like his last hit. That one, I remember. (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah, you know what? Uh, oh, oh, god, also, also, remember that meatloaf song, I'll do anything for love, but I won't do that. Uh, so that was the yeah. year Salt and Pepper's What a Man came out. That is that are mm-hmm. that is the year What is love? Baby, don't hurt me. Was that 1993? God, me. what a what a year. No more. What a what year. A, what a year. In American life. Here's what you gotta do. You gotta you here. This is what everyone in the world wants. Every mm-hmm. person in the world wants yeah. someone to say to them, teach me about the things that you love. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, teach me your ways. Teach right. me teach me the things that you know that I don't know. And I this guy definitely has something. It might be rush. It might yeah. be uh it might be debarge, but it's something. It might not even be music, and that's okay. Yeah, that's also okay. <laughs> I think that is our actual advice. Don't attempt to become an expert in this person's childhood years. Instead, <laughs> yeah. ask let them it, Let him questions. give you the expertise. Yeah. Like I yeah, exactly. Like let them lend you their expertise. I was mm-hmm. in the the van recently to go to the movie set. They like take you from your 
car in crew parking to 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 the set in a van and the van is driven by someone and the person was telling me uh, that they restore classic cars and that's their you know job when they're not doing movie stuff mm-hmm. and so i was asking them well what's your favorite car what's what what was a great what was a good year for the camaro mm-hmm. he said do you have a camaro i said no but i'm thinking about getting one now said, suddenly yeah exactly i wasn't <laughs> but i got suddenly i'm thinking like i'd look pretty good in a camaro like people <laughs> see a Camaro and they want to see a 45-year-old dad That's... walk out of it and I fit the bill. <laughs> yeah. You look over at a Camaro, it's always the same guy. <laughs> it is. And that guy it's, is increasingly yeah. me. <laughs> I'm not necessarily happy about it, but like. But this, that's the situation we're in and I kind of want a Camaro. I, exactly. I didn't know what happened, but it kind of did. Yeah, yeah. And specifically, like, I want to know, like, what's a good year for a Camaro that I can walk out of my Camaro and people can be like, hey, tell me all about your Camaro. And I can be like, listen, I don't know anything about it. I was just met this guy and he told me this is a good year. Yeah. Yeah. I'm actually really excited about the new Chevy Cazera, which is their EV Camaro. <laughs> I can't tell if you're kidding. Cazera! Cazero! Hire me, GM. I'm available. I can make up brand names like that, like just a snap. There's got to be a Z in it somewhere. It might be a Zamero. It might I think, be a C- C- Camerzo. What about Ooh, a Z- Cam- 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 Camerzo? Kind Camerzo's of like, got okay. a zero vibe in it. Cam- it could just be like should, C- Camaro I, plus zero. That's what it's I, called. I think you're missing an opportunity to... Mm-hmm. Get rid of all the consonants and just go hard Z, Zazero. <laughs> You're right. Oh my God, I retire. I'm so, I'm a terrible brander. The Chevrolet Zazero. The Zazero. It's like you can only say it one way, just like AFC Wimbledon's new manager, Johnny Jackson. Do you know what the, do you know what the electric Camaro is actually going to be called? What is it going to be called? It's going to be called the Camaro. Are you kidding me? That's terrible. They could have called it the Zazero, which literally has the word zero in it, but instead they tr- chose to call it the Camaro. Oh, oh these, I mean, of course. No wonder electric cars aren't going to take off as fast as they ought to. They don't have us doing the branding. That's right. Oh, well, I could design, and you've got to put me in charge of designing it too. Hey, can I ask you? Um, I'm sure that I do a great job. <laughs> can I ask you a question about our shared YouTube history? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I actually have one for you. Why are you watching so many videos about the video game Trackmania, which appears to be some kind of um, car racing video game from like 12 years ago? Uh, um, hold on. Let me look at the our YouTube history. Um, I don't see this in here. What are you talking about? Every time I go to the front page of YouTube, a video about Trackmania is recommended to me. I can only conclude that this is because you've been watching a lot of Trackmania videos. Do you think it's a complete coincidence? Um, yeah, no, I'm looking at one now that's called The Hardest Climb of Trackmania. It's right here on the front page of my YouTube. On Vlogbrothers? No, YouTube.com, Hank. YouTube.com. No, 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 but like you're in the Vlogbrothers account. Yeah, where else would I be? I don't have I don't know. I, I have a bunch. So so here's what I think is happening, John. Okay. I've started to watch F1 videos. <laughs> and I think that I think that it's that it's just uh this is your fault. Um oh, but I've started to oh, watch F1 oh, compilation YouTube videos. Oh, Mr. Amazing I don't know who Lewis Hamilton is Nito, is suddenly Max an F1 Verstappen super fan. Does some cool thing <laughs> videos. I like the ones where they don't crash. <laughs> Those are the best ones where they make yeah. the safe the safe passes. Yeah, and I think that YouTube is like, hey, he seems to like F1. Here's some track mania. Right. It's like F1 but a video game. Okay. That's I wanna, helpful. I'm gonna I have to ask you a question about our sure. shared YouTube history, John, because the sure. other day you watched a video for, about mm-hmm. how to export a premiere file and only the audio, which yeah. I think is so adorable. I did. I we did. have been doing this since 2007, and you don't yeah. know how to export an MP3 from Premiere. Um, I do. It's just that it also comes with video.
Well, I'm so glad that you figured this out. So it's like, so I'll send the file to Tuna and Tuna will be like, I'm not sure that this file needs to be 1.2 gigabytes. <laughs> yeah, it's just like a black screen. <laughs> That's awesome. Oh, my Lord. John, we got to ask more questions. Help, help quick before we embarrass ourselves further. All right. I thought you were going to ask me about my really bad habit of late night YouTube watching. No. (laughs) Hoof, cow hoof. Oh, yeah, yeah. I watched those Treatment videos. (laughs) (laughs) That's really picked up when I'm like coming home from set and it's three o'clock in the morning and I'm lonely and I'm eating a frozen pizza and I'm like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to watch the hoof GP. This next question comes from Bell who writes, Dear John and Hank, I've been given a typewriter shaped planter. Well, that took a turn. Um, <laughs> I mean, it might be might be the only thing that really functionally one can do with the typewriter these days. What would be a metaphorically resonant plant to put in it? It will live indoors mm. next to a window. Oh, thank you for that clarification, Bill, because Hank and I are such botanists that we will totally cater our answer to your needs. Right. Ferns and flowers, Bell. Do you have an answer to this question, John? Because it feels like you shouldn't have asked it if you didn't. Because I got nothing. Uh, succulents, on. I guess. <laughs> Why succulents? I don't know. They're easy. <laughs> they're pretty. They're easy. How <laughs> they're big is this planter? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's metaphorically resonant. It's hard to kill. Just like the QWERTY keyboard layout. <laughs> it's impossible. At this point, we will never get rid of it. It will be there forever. It it won't be there forever because <laughs> okay, the world as for as long as humans are typing. Um, I don't have an answer. I'm sorry. In the middle of the night, I, I go walking in my street to the bed and bow. Isn't it the street? So it would be very bold of Billy Joel to claim that the street is his. I don't know. You gonna make me look up the lyrics of this song? Yeah. Oh no, he goes walking in his sleep. Oh, oh yeah. my sleep. Yeah. I go walking on my. I thought yes, but you sang. Didn't you sing on my street? That's what I thought it was. Yeah. Well, I thought <laughs> yeah. it was on the street. So we well. were both wrong. Sabina writes, "Dear John and Hank, why do we have upper and lowercase letters, but not upper and lowercase numbers? How do I express to someone that a number is important over text the way that I can express that things are important with capital letters? Pumpkins and penguins, oh. Sabina. Now this is a great you question. want all caps." Let numbers. Where is the uppercase number? Or indeed the lowercase number. I'm not sure which one I'm looking at. I think we're looking at the uppercase numbers. All right. So uh, it's because because that's how it worked. Originally, we had uppercase letters and then we like worked lowercase in as like a separate system. And this was before cases even existed because the case was literally the case that the, the blocks were put in. Yeah. And there was an uppercase where the big letters were and there was a lowercase was a, yeah. It was a box. Right. That type that typesetters. There were two had. cases. Yeah. Yes. Before you answer this question, Hank, which I think is a great question, I just want to pause to note how incredible. Like we think that this information revolution is weird, and it is extremely weird. And obviously, I would argue it's not going great. But um, the that information revolution is also really weird. And one of the ways that you can grapple with how weird it was is how humans had to figure out what writing was going to look like if it wasn't made by hands. Yeah, I mean there were there was you there was stuff to work from. There was like yeah. chiseled stuff like gravestones. There and there were sure all they kinds chiseled of other things too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it wasn't. I don't think it was primarily gravestones. I'm just saying, like, it is very. It, it was very, very weird. The yeah. sudden, widespread availability of text. Yes, so weird, and it's so upset. So like, weird. It's upsetting, not in like the traditional term. Like it's so like, weird that a bunch of people in Europe started to be like, "Why can't we read the Bible? It's easy enough to print." And then yeah. just that write it down in, in German. That turned then, into uh, a, yeah, turned out, uh, turned out a hullabaloo, quite, quite a hullabaloo. Quite a mess, quite a mess. I mean, it's, that's why now when I go to my church, they have to ride the line 
Um, I don't know if you know this about the Episcopal Church, Hank, but uh, the Episcopal Church is a is a classic example of you, you know how like when you don't want to make a decision, you sort of end up making both decisions. Yeah. So the Episcopal Church didn't want to didn't want to like they were like, man, a lot of people are fighting about this transubstantiation stuff and whether or not uh, this becomes the body of Christ or if it's just the bread of heaven. Um, and there's is it the body or is it just bread? Man, there's a lot of wars going on about this business. I know how we'll solve this issue when we give you the wafer. We'll say the body of Christ and the bread of heaven. Boom. <laughs> Is that what they say? That's what they say. Problem and then solved, when you man. Drink- Look, we need to solve some problems. We need some. To, we got some big problems to need to solve, and I'm I'm open to anything. That's right. That's right. Like I maybe that's the solution to Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> maybe there's some kind of body of Christ, bread of heaven solution to that whole hullabaloo. But yeah. Hank, what are we going to do about the lowercase number issue? Because I think this does have to exist immediately. Well, I. So how would I do it? So first of all. Um, capitals, weird, uppercase, weird, the whole, th- the whole thing, like some languages don't have this at all. There's no real reason why we would need them. D- uh, different languages have totally different rules for capitalization. Like in German, right. every noun is capitalized, yeah. which is wild. In our language, I is capitalized. Why? <laughs> Somebody somewhere decided that for some reason that is no longer relevant. There's right. no good reason, but we do it, and it looks. There really is weird no if we good don't. reason. I remember no learning it in elementary school and being like, "I still don't get it." Like you keep explaining it to me, but it seems I seems more like he or she or it than it mm-hmm. seems like Henry, John, yes. or Hank. Well, it especially seems more like me, which is the same damn word. Well, me is very similar to she. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe it's that there no, is no, no reason. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. We're not going to get to the reason. bottom of it. There's we're no not reason. linguists. But the <laughs> point is that when you need to emphasize a number, how do you do it? You use asterisks Oh, on the beginning and the end. I like to use the, the squiggly. I like to use the squiggly the just tilde? below the escape key, the tilde. The tilde. Yeah, a tilde's good. Two tildes? Yeah. I will often use two tildes if I want to be like, this salad cost tilde tilde $18. Tilda, you know what tilda. I do? I I usually do. I usually write one eight. And then, you know right. what I usually do? I either write out the word yeah, yeah, for the yeah. number in 18. all capital letters, like yeah. $18. That's a lot. Yeah, it's a lot. Or I write the number and then behind that I write, United States dollars, which I think is a way of emphasizing how expensive something is. Can we go through and decide how the lowercase numbers are going to look, though, just for for uh, the just so we can do it? I think that one is obviously an upside down exclamation point. Sure. Um, just, it's going to be a huge problem in Spanish, but I'm for it. It's also just an I. So that's a that's a problem. Two is going to be um, it's going to be like the two, but no little thing on the on the bottom. So just like mm. half a heart. Mm. I like it. Three is going to be. Um, it's got to be the bottom half of the three. Bottom half of the three, just a little, yeah, just a C. Just a little C, like a C, but the but the top part of the C doesn't quite come all the way around to the bottom part of the C, you know? Yeah. A four is just yeah. a little spiral. Okay. A very small spiral. <laughs> that's that's going to be a harder one for me to learn, but I. I <laughs> You'll get it. You know, I'll Don't get worry. there. Don't yep. worry, five is going to yeah. be the nose of a mouse. <laughs> Six is going to be like that thing that they have on the top of the house with the rooster and the arrow uh-huh. that shows you which way the wind is blowing. The wind, wind vane. Yeah. It's a wind vane. Yeah. <laughs> the rooster. Yeah. yeah. So, seven is going to be yeah. the entire uh, Apollo uh, launch vehicle, the Saturn V rocket. Oh, that was a great one. Eight, yeah. of course, is going to be, it's largely conceptual. Um, it's the concept <laughs> of knowing that you must hold on to hope even though ultimately everything is for naught. Yeah. And then a lowercase nine is, of course, um, just, just the, the laughter of a child. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then the zero is just a lowercase O. That one's easy. <laughs> <laughs> and that won't be a problem at all um, when we're trying to do our passwords. It won't be. It'll never be an issue. 
It's already it's already a huge problem. I know. It's already a massive problem. You gotta put a dot in the middle of the O so that I know that it's not an O. <laughs> John, oh, I really man. think that that what would a, work what out a, well. What this podcast, by the way, is brought, to you, is brought to you by the laughter of a child, otherwise known as lowercase nine. <laughs> It's one of the very best things in the world. The other day, I was at a, uh, I was trying to elicit the, the a lowercase nine from a child at a restaurant yeah. by hiding behind a napkin, and the child instead burst into tears, continued to cry for the next fifteen minutes. Lowercase nine, not all it's cracked up to be. <laughs> was very was very kind of like uh, shocking to my ego. I was like, I thought I was good at this. Yeah, right. You know, like he was um, very unhappy with me. Oh, God. Today's podcast is also brought to you by the one thing meatloaf won't do. <laughs> it's also brought to you by Trackmania, a uh, a game that I have never watched, but YouTube does think I should, considering how into Max Verstappen I have become. I mean, for somebody who didn't know Max Verstappen's Dutch, name. Just, the Dutch bullet or whatever. For somebody who didn't know Max Verstappen's name just three weeks ago, you do watch a lot of Formula One content. It's like I like to watch it while listening to a podcast because otherwise yeah. I get distracted. So I listen to yeah. the podcast, watch Formula One racing. I, I, oh, yeah, no. I'm all for it, man. I think it's great. I, I love that we are beginning to share a sporting interest. I've been waiting yeah. for this for 40 years. Well, I'm basically like a 24-year-old who's been assigned to mend baseball fields with a big old nerd. And I have I to be into what he's into. I appreciate that very much. Uh, and finally, of course... Today's podcast is additionally brought to you by the Crash Course Coin, CrashCourseCoin.com. CrashCourseCoin.com! Uh, we also have a Project for Awesome message from Oliver Cosett to Cindy Keeler. This message goes out to Cindy, who might listen to the podcast if I ask her to. Cindy and I were supposed to get married in March of 2020. That didn't happen, but we did manage to get it done in December. Cindy, even though the last year did not go quite as we planned, I will forever be grateful that I got to ride out this pandemic with you. And that's very sweet. That is very sweet. It's Cosset. He said so clearly in his pronunciation guide, John. Mm. Oliver Cosset. He did say Cosset quite clearly in his pronunciation guide, and I, I went with my heart, um, <laughs> which I've been told is never wrong. So I'm very confused. <laughs> that's what it says. Sometimes I like to imagine the world after us, the strange mammals that will emerge, the abundance of biodiverse plant life taking over our fields and factories and so on. I don't think this world will be better. I maintain that we are the most interesting thing to happen on Earth, and there is real beauty and meaning in our curiosity and compassion, even as we also cause and witness so much suffering. But at any rate, there will be a world after us, after each of us. And that's why there's life insurance. It exists to provide a financial safety net to those who love and count on you. Policy Genius's technology makes it easy to compare life insurance quotes from America's top insurers in just a few clicks to find your lowest price. With Policy Genius, you can find life insurance policies that start at just $292 per year for $1 million of coverage. Some options offer same-day approval and avoid unnecessary medical exams. So save time and money and provide your family with a financial safety net using Policy Genius. Head to policygenius.com or click the link in the description to get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you could save. That's policygenius.com. Policy Genius. Because there will be a world without us. So we all know there are things in life that you have to compromise on, but there are two things that you shouldn't compromise on. One is name brand Dr. Pepper. The off-brand stuff just doesn't hit the same. And another is, of course, your health. So don't go back to that one doctor who uses your appointment to catch up on the latest headlines or their family group chat or the crossword puzzles just because they're available right now or take your slightly sketchy insurance. Instead, check out ZocDoc, the place where you can find and book doctors who will make you feel comfortable, listen to you, and prioritize your health. And you can search by location, availability, and insurance. So literally, no compromises here because with ZocDoc, you've got more options than you know. ZocDoc is a free app and website where you can search and compare highly rated in-network doctors near you 
and instantly book appointments with them online. You can filter specifically for ones who take your insurance, are located near you, and treat basically any condition you're searching for. And the typical wait time to see a doctor booked on ZocDoc is between 24 and 72 hours. So go to ZocDoc.com slash DearHank and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then find and book a top-rated doctor today. That's Z-O-C-D-O-C dot com slash DearHank. ZocDoc.com slash Dear Hank. This next question comes from Sabrina, who asks, Dear Hank and John, why do we have upper and lowercase letters, but not upper and lowercase numbers? We I think that. that they I think that the lowercase one we did should that. be like a <laughs> no. like a headband. No. No. <laughs> <laughs> he's he's starting over, y'all. It's like when you it's like when you pull the string on the Teddy Ruxpin. He's he's going back. <laughs> There's a snake in my boot. This next question comes from Evelyn, who asks, Dear Hank and John, I've heard a lot of people talking about Democrats and Republicans. It's amazing. It's amazing. It's such a great sentence. I have Me also, too, I have also heard so many people talking about Democrats and Republicans. It's so true. So what, it's, the, it's the most, it's the truest sentence then I've ever read. she goes on to read. say, there are even commercials about them. <laughs> So many commercials. At this point, most of the commercials are about them. For a period of time, it does become like most of them. Um, What's the difference between them? What are the values of of each of them? What are they fighting for? Why do they keep changing all the time? The values? Why is it all such a big deal? I'm thoroughly confused. Please help. I have not died seven and a half times. Evelyn, that's a great book. Very good. I mean, Hank, I'm glad that you decided that we were going to wade into these waters. Well, I don't know. Can we, how, like, so we've got 15 minutes left, maybe. (laughs) Can you tell me what a Democrat and a Republican is? All right. In the U.S. Um, I love this question. It is true that many people are talking about Democrats and Republicans. It's also true that, like, these things change over time. Like, the Republican Party and the Democratic Party today are very different from— yeah. where they were 40 years ago or 100 years ago or certainly 150 years ago. With the Democratic Party, you can actually go online, Evelyn, and read the party platform. That is the uh, group of policy positions and uh, overall value structures that the Democratic Party ratified at their most recent convention. The Republican Party has traditionally had a, a platform of, of its own as well that you can could go online and read, but right now it doesn't have one because it has not ratified uh, a platform of any kind over, uh, I think, since 2016. So that's not possible. Um, But you can read the Wikipedia article on uh, (laughs) current Republican Party positions, which is like a platform, kinda. Yeah, uh, yeah. It is. It is certainly complex, and it is also values based. And those values are and and worldviews are are complicated. But I think that reading through platforms is definitely a, a not super onerous way to get a good idea of where of of the actual real difference between these things. And it would be nice if there was more than a Wikipedia page or sort of a ballotpedia like look at what current Republican perspectives are. But all right, Hank, before we get to the all important news from Mars and AFC Wimbledon, let's answer this question from Kate, who writes, Dear John and Hank, when I first started dating my husband, he took me backpacking in the very remote canyon lands of Utah. It was over 100 degrees and my entire heritage is from near or above the Arctic Circle in Norway. So as you can imagine, I didn't fare too well. I ended up getting severe heat exhaustion and my then boyfriend had to carry both of our backpacks to get me to safety. A park ranger later told me that once you sustain a heat injury, you're far more susceptible to them in the future. I'm not looking to test that, but I do wonder why that is. The cold doesn't bother me anyway, Kate. <laughs> so, Deboki and I uh, l- looked looked through and tried to figure this out. Um, one thing Deboki said is, I hate the, the hot as well, but my people are from the hot place, so I don't know how much heritage is involved. Um, but the, uh, the the thing that we came to is that this isn't like, rolling your ankle where once you do it once you're more likely to do it again because you've like loosened the tendons mm-hmm. it's more like 
um, having loose tendons to begin with, and so oh. now you roll your ankle a lot. You just were you were always more susceptible to heat exhaustion, and the first time you got it mm. has has now you know that you are a person who is more likely to get to have this problem. So it doesn't seem like you've sort of uh, loosened your heat exhaustion tendons. It seems like they were always loose. Well, is that's what we can tell. But that is a real thing that people who 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 get it are more likely to get it because they were always predisposed to it. I so I I have noticed that my children have different relationships with the heat and I wonder if this is related where Alice it is never too cold for Alice. She is mm. always happy to be outside in the dead of winter and Henry is always happy to be outside in summer. So I don't even know that it's shared within families, but Alice gets overheated so easily and Henry never does. <laughs> Yeah, that's how I feel. I grew up in Florida where I was just like, I don't why, why does it why would anybody like this or ever go outside? I I remember growing up in Florida and like I wore a trench coat, you know, like in in summer. Yeah, you did. And yeah. I my memory of it is that I was never really that hot, but I also like the way I remember that those years at any rate is that I was also never really inside of my body. <laughs> Like, <laughs> well, I was thinking you were never really outside of your house. No, I was though. I got, I remember like waiting for at the bus stop and it being very, very hot, but at the same time being like, well, but it doesn't really matter anyway because I'm not really there. Like, <laughs> it's gonna be real weird for us to have teenagers, John. Oh, God. Oh, God. God help us indeed. All right. Uh, on that note, uh, uh-huh. AFC Wimbledon, Hank, uh, with their new manager, Johnny Jackson, have have released their retained list. This is a big moment because it's like who uh, is still under contract and who is is moving on. Now, yeah. there's a there, there's a couple things to bear in mind here, uh, one of which uh, and I think this is very important, is that as we begin uh as we return to fourth tier English soccer, we will probably lose some of our best players because they will move on. Like Ayuba Saul, there's already interest in him from Premier League teams, which would be great because he's under contract, so they'd have to pay us a fee. So that could be awesome. Interesting. Um, Awesome. But so Ayuba Saul is on the retained list, as is Jack Rodoni, probably our two best players. Jack Rodoni's played for Wimbledon since he was like four years old. His parents are Wimbledon supporters. He will probably either go to a championship team, like a team in the second tier, or else to a Premier League team, and so will Ayuba Saul. So they're still under contract, but they don't really matter. How do you have all these Premier League players and lose so many games? Well, because they're 20. Oh, Um, oh, okay. I see. There, it's more that they Premier babies. League teams yeah. are betting on them to, yeah. to be great players one day. Yeah. And also, um, you know, two players do not make it make a team. But <laughs> we will have Nick Zanev next year, uh, our longtime goalkeeper. We will also have Alex Woodyard, our captain, who had a really great season in midfield, despite the fact that we were terrible. Um, and uh, critically for me, we are retaining my personal favorite player, Will Nightingale, who uh, has played for Wimbledon since he was 11 years old and is one of the longest serving uh, members of the Dons. Also, Luke McCormick is staying in midfield and uh, Aaron Cosgrove is staying. Some of the players leaving uh, are um, Egli Kaja, who came back, Ben Hennigan, who was probably our best central defender last year, and uh, longtime uh, Wimbledonian or Don Darius Charles. So we've got to, I mean, the retained list is a little, it, it, it's, it's pretty much what you would expect. It's most of the players who signed two-year contracts are coming back for their second year. Mm-hmm. Um but I think a lot of those players will actually play and hopefully will be successful in League Two. But the truth is we're going to have to – we're definitely going to have to um, recruit good players, especially especially players who can score goals because I don't know that we have any on this list. Like we have good a lot of good midfielders on this list, but I don't see anybody mm-hmm. who can score goals other than Ayubasal and Jack Rodoni, who are both probably going to leave. So 
Johnny Jackson's got a big job on his hands, but <laughs> he's a very handsome lad. He has an extremely full head of hair for a man his age, so I, I have confidence in him. All right. Well, good. Um, the news from Mars is uh, kind of sad. The mm. InSight lander will be ending its mission on Mars this summer because of a lack of power. Mm. So uh, like a bunch of other crafts, not all of them, the InSight uses solar panels to generate power. And you, in, in previous missions, we've gotten lucky. I don't know if it's been like the, the way that the wind blows or the geology or whatever, um, mm-hmm. that that the wind would blow the dust off of the solar panels. And that would be how the thing would survive. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it, those solar panels, when it first unfurled, could produce about 5,000 watt hours of energy per soul. So per mm-hmm. like Martian day. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, and now they're down to like 500. So mm. that's that's not, uh, and it continues to go down. So they've done a couple of operations to try and extend the life of the lander by clearing off uh, the dust in a couple of smart, clever little ways. But uh, that none of those things are going to extend the mission forever. And so after three years, four years, uh Insight is going to be ending its mission. It's done a lot of good. It's done a lot of cool stuff. It did have that other piece that did not work where it tried to drill into Mars and that that right. never happened. But um, it has provided some very good data, even with the mole, which uh, got got some information on the uh, sort of internal temperature of Mars. Yeah. And right now it's just got its uh, seismometers measuring Mars quakes and that's going to keep, it's going to keep doing that until the end of the summer. Yeah. I mean, it was supposed to be two years, right? Like that was the... It, expected yeah, mission length. I, mean, I know they always kind of try to go conservative on they that. Do. They do always go conservative. They, they're, it's not unusual for a sort of six-month mission to end up lasting 10 years. So right. it is a little bit of a it is a little bit of a bummer. I think if you asked anybody internally, they'd be like, I kind of wish this would last would have lasted longer. Yeah. But it did a lot of good science. Yeah. And it the and the data will continue to be crunched and lots of inf- good information will continue to come out. Well um insight is dead. Long live Perseverance. Yeah, yes, very much so. Percy is doing plenty right now, as well as my new Zazero electric Camaro. <laughs> well, Hank, I'm off to purchase a Zazero Camaro, but uh, thank you for potting with me, and uh, thanks to everybody for your questions. You can submit your questions at hankandjohn at gmail.com. Sorry we didn't answer more of them today. <laughs> also... Now that you're at the end of the podcast, you don't have anything else to do. You can go to CrashCourseCoin.com and see if you are interested in helping Crash Course continue to do the thing, the things it does to help make life easier for students and teachers. Try and just lower, like, try and make it so that those courses that prevent people from achieving their dreams or becoming healthcare workers or social workers, make it so that those courses are not as big of a barrier so that we get more people having those opportunities and providing those services for our world. Um, it's at CrashCourseCoin.com and we really deeply appreciate everybody who has got one in the past and who also gets the, the 2022 coin. Hank, I gotta tell you, uh, one of the stars of the Turtles All the Way Down movie, Cree, who plays Daisy, her sister Jace was in town and she's in nursing school and she was telling me how instrumental Crash Course the science crash courses have been not just for her, but also for her classmates, which was really lovely to hear. And that was one of like four or five times this weekend that um, I had to listen to somebody compliment you, including (laughs) several times where people thought I was you. And they were like, Hank Green, the science man. Thank you for your science. And I was like, you're welcome. It happened. One time I walked into a bar and a guy pointed at me and said, Vsauce. (laughs) So, we're all doing our things. CrashCourseCoin.com. This podcast is edited by Joseph Tunamedish. It's produced by Rosiana Hals-Rojas. Our communications coordinator is Julia Bloom. Our editorial assistant is Deboki Chakravarti. The music you're hearing now and at the beginning of the podcast is by the great Gunnarola. And as they say in our hometown, don't Don't forget forget to be be awesome. awesome. CrashCourseCoin.com.